0: Three. Hey, welcome back into Triple Babble Podcast, where we discuss all things NFL. Uh, we provide weekly game breakdowns, analysis, fantasy football, um, discuss betting angles, and of course, dedicated Dallas Cowboys content. Um, I'm Trev, your host, and I'm joined here with my co-host, um, TP, as well as Hefe. Um TP, man, how you doing today?
1: Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been a pretty um Interesting couple of days. Been doing some reading recently. Reading this one book called Crazy Sorrow, and then another book called American Marxism. I don't know. This isn't a real politically charged chat, so we'll stay away from that. But sports wise, everything's been pretty well. Just staying away from betting, so no frustrations, no mental breakdowns. All has been well.
0: Hey, I love it. Um, more books, less legs on that
1: parlay. Um, I love that. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. I was an active. I was an active participant in capitalism so i'm trying to dial it back and see what's going on with this marxist side even though this book is not what you would think it's about
0: <laughs> all right so our listeners um yeah check those books if you are uh, politically charged um Hefe man how you doing um i see you got the new hat on the um the more
2: winter appropriate cowboys hat how you doing man yes sir you know it's a holiday season you know i had to get into the festivities had to put the festive hat on and, you know, had to, had to had to, wear it. And, you know, like I always like to say, I'm living the dream. That's what I'm doing. I'm living the dream. I've already clocked in about 35 hours this week. I just want y'all to know I am tired. I don't know if you guys can see the bags under my eyes, but it is getting, it is getting tiresome. I'm tired. But that's neither here nor there. Okay. That's neither here nor there. I just want to shout out something real quick something I was looking at earlier when I was writing my stuff up, something something that just popped out. I was looking at all the, the, the standings, and I was just looking at the win columns. And I started adding some numbers up, and I'm like, whoa, hold on now. They were bashing the entire east side of the brackets for years. And then I started looking, I started calculating some more numbers. I looked, I said, we got 64 wins as a total, AFC and NFC divisions, guys. No other place out there, north, south, west has reached 50 yet you got the north at 49 you have the south at 35 and you got the west at 45 it's looking great on our side for now we'll see how things go let's get into a little bit of Sunday recap first up we got the commanders at the Giants and wow we had a real interesting game where I thought the Giants might go in and and get it done at the end of this one but then they came in, got that TD at the end, tied it up. We got a little bit of overtime action. And no team could find the end zone or, or, or find a field goal, man. Like, how y'all feel about this one? Trev, how, how you feel about that tie?
0: Um, it just felt like an NFC East brawl. This is what would happen between <laughs> some NFC East teams. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't our team uh, involved in this matchup, but – yeah, you had the Commanders and you had the Giants. Washington was favored coming into this game, I think, by three points, three-point favorites against the Giants. Uh, we talked about this in the pod last week. I had two plays I liked in this game. Uh, for one, I liked the Giants. I was like, man, you're can you going to give the, Inners, like, the Giants, man? Come on, they could win this game pretty easily. Uh, I like the Giants in this one. So I chose them plus two and a half, uh, even with the tie, you know, that still – Handed fruition. And then I like Saquon Barkley over 18 and a half um, rushing attempts. I felt like this would be a game where they would just kind of give it to Saquon and just, you know, uh, keep giving it to him. He got to 18 exactly. Uh, so it didn't, <laughs> he had to see one more rush attempt to get over that. So even with overtime, it, you know, he still got 18. So it was just some interesting play calling. Um, Probably some opportunities where they could have given it to him some more. But, you know, we had Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Uh, Vanilla Vic, uh, you know, handling the ball at some points in time. Uh, weird things in that game happened. Uh, towards the end, it's like um, the Giants didn't know what to do. There's a play where Saquon Barkley ran into uh, one of his teammates, like at the end of the game, like when the ball snapped, and then uh, they crushed, like crashed each other. And Daniel Jones, like uh, he was so confused, he's like, I don't know what to do with the ball. <laughs> I'm called a run play. No one's really like the receivers aren't really like about to run series routes, you know? <laughs> so. He tried to take off with it. Just just a mess of a game at points in time. It was just like, this is the NFC East, I know. Um, two teams just kind of, you know, putting on a shit show. Um, overall, I mean, a tie, um, it's not bad for us. It's not bad for Dallas, uh, for the Cowboys. It's not. Um, so it's it potentially a very good thing um, as the season progresses and things play out. So we'll see what happens. But um, interesting, interesting football game. We don't get too many ties, but, you know, um, that was a good one. Interesting game to
2: watch. Yeah, I mean, this game was tied at half, 13-13. So, I mean, it looks like they foresaw the future at halftime. TP, how do you feel about that?
1: I mean, when you're watching the game, you know, you can kind of see Daniel Jones was scrambling all throughout this team, but are scrambling against this commander's defense. You know, he's getting loose. He had, what, 12 carries or 12 scrambles for 71 yards. Steve has has had a real issue with being able to contain Daniel Jones, and that's where, you know, Chase Young comes to effect, where he didn't play this week for the commanders. They are hoping that he will be able to come back and kind of push for this you know, this playoff push that they have going on. Obviously, they're going to be on a bye week this week, then going to face the Giants again. Giants have a big game this week coming up against Philadelphia, so it's a lot of divisional football coming up for this NFC East, um, these NFC East teams. I mean, what is worth? Taylor Heineke didn't have a bad game, 275, two TDs, especially a big touchdown to um, Dodson who wasn't in the game where the Giants secondary just for whatever reason could not tackle. I don't know if the Giants were looking to tie the game to go to overtime or what because they pretty much had the game in the bag. Um, you know, there's a couple late game penalties um, and I will say to the effect that the Commanders defense, they showed elite level. They showed an elite an elite level of getting the Giants off the field when they needed to. Especially their offense could not really get it to them. And then in overtime, you have a situation where Curtis Samuels, Curtis Samuel, I believe, catches a pass, goes for 15 yards, in the next play there's a penalty or something along the line happens, and the commanders are pretty much pushed out of field goal range, and they end up having to punt the ball. So there was just a bunch of mental errors that occurred in this game, like late in the game for whatever reason. And, I mean, for what it's worth, the commanders also started off 10-0, and they took their foot off the gas for whatever reason. I think that's something that's going to affect them going forward. I don't know if it's a, a part of their identity where they, you know, get a lead and they think they can just, you know, slow the game down. But against more high-octane offenses, you're going to – they're going to have a bit of an issue with that. So we'll see what happens when they go – or when New York comes to D.C. or Landover, however you want to talk about it. Um, I do think the Commanders get the, the win again. I, I said that the previous game. The game are just tied I, I felt that the commanders should have won that game and I feel that like the commanders will win this next game. Um especially with the New York Giants playing Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is going to take the air completely out of the New York Giants season. And the commanders
2: are just going to put them you know put them to rest in the following week. So all right well let's get right into the next recap. We had the Titans at the Eagles this week and and the Eagles kept on flying. They beat them 35 to 10. TP. I know where you were at. Somebody was happy. How did you feel though?
1: Where was I Sunday?
2: Oh, I let's there. not play games. I wasn't where you yeah, this thought song, I was. This
1: song, this song, this song records so you got. No, no, no. So right. I wasn't correct. I wasn't I wasn't where you thought I was when that game was occurring. I was actually No, I
2: know. You 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 we we spoke. You told me you were going afterwards.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, for what it's worth, the Titans did with I said that they should have done, and you know, put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands. I just didn't think that Jalen Hurts was going to throw for three touchdowns and then rush for one. Um, Miles Sanders did get in the end zone, but he had like twenty something yards on the ground. Um, completely forgot that there was going to be an AJ Brown revenge game, and that's exactly what it was: one hundred plus yards, two TDs. Literally, at one point, he gets called. Well, what was the what was the flag for?
0: It was a. Uh, it was a. Uh... but they called back the touchdown it was for like like a
1: 42 yard touchdown pass and then they literally they call it back literally the next play same exact result on the other side of the field i mean a.j brown with their play devontae smith also touched the painted area so i mean the tennessee titans team just did not come to play at all philadelphia eagles defense once again just dominating imposing their will on these teams I mean, we can't deny the facts, ESPN and NFL.com, I do believe, as well as other analysts have the Eagles listed as the number one team in the power rankings, which for what it's worth is rightfully so. Um, We won't get into where they have other teams, but, you know, I did see somewhere that we're at number two, but that's neither here nor there because in other ratings, they have Kansas City at number two. So, but no, this Philadelphia team, they just imposed their will. And simple as that, Tennessee, Hopefully they'll lay a leg against us in two weeks, two three weeks. Same way, yeah, the man. Team.
2: But you know, speaking of imposing will, my man Trev, he imposed his will. He said he he set some stamps on some things. But let me let him talk about it. Trev, take the floor, man.
0: Yeah, you know, just I like to tackle the game the same way I tackle, like you know, just um, you know, all in. But uh. I had, a, I had a bet for that particular matchup, which I like that I saw as a trend going um, you know, back several weeks. And that was Philadelphia Eagles' total, point total in the first half of the game. Um, I had over 12 and a half, and I had uh, 13, just over 13 straight. That was at plus 100. Um, over 12 and a half was minus 120, something like that. Um, came in pretty easy. They scored a touchdown, um, extra point within, like, two minutes of regulation. So it was looking pretty good early on. Um, and then they, you know, easily eclipsed it. Uh, so that that was cool. Um, that was really my only play in that game. But, man, uh, Hertz is looking like the MVP. Um, I haven't looked at the current odds. But, I mean, I, he's probably moved up the ranks a little bit. He's probably, like, top four. I mean, I imagine he's top two at the moment. I mean, I think it's a race between him and Mahomes right now. But, I mean, if you look at it you base it on team record, um, you know, Experience the way the team is constructed. I, I would say give it a Hurts, um, especially because of his improvement um from last year, uh, for sure at this point in time. Um, man, it was a really cool game. Uh, because you know the AJ Brown revenge. Um, after the game, um, maybe not right after the game, but um, in the next few days, the text not text the Titans fired their general manager, um, and and they promoted an in-house guy to uh, take that position for now. That's really interesting. I mean, (laughs) the optics look like, man, this is the guy you traded away. This guy just beat us. Like, you know, like what's going on with that? Um, And and AJ Brown, um, being that he played on, on the Titans last season. Um, But I mean, it was, it was just uh, a a really cool game. I mean, I like Jalen Hurts. I know he's the Eagle, but um, it's just cool to see him, you know, be successful um, in the NFL. And um, I've only heard good things about his leadership and, you know, how he uh, controls the locker room and stuff like that. So um, just speaking of the man, not the the Eagles necessarily. But uh yeah, I mean, Eagles first half, um, they they score a lot of points. So that's gonna be a continuing trend. I'll try to stay on. Look at the matchup, of course. But um, you know, every week look 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 for um the value in that. Um, especially if they don't hit it the week prior. But um yeah, Titans could just never really get going really. Derrick Henry um had fewer than thirteen rush attempts. So it was uh it was they just dominated. All stages.
2: Yeah, Tannehill ended up having more rushing yards than him, so pretty sad case there. Let's go ahead and get right into the the uh, last recap we're gonna do. We have the Dolphins at the Forty Nine ers for the regular Sunday games. They they ended up winning. Uh, the Forty Nine ers ended up winning thirty three to seventeen. But we saw a little bit of uh, quarterbacks getting hurt here. Trev, man, how you feel about that?
0: Brock Purdy um some analysis after that game um from several teammates on um, the San Francisco 49ers um all had some variation of um he's got balls or he's got he's got this he's got that um just in terms of uh yeah moxie um you know uh I think George Kittle uh Debo, I believe uh, Kyle Shanahan said they said some variation of that essentially um that this kid has 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 the right attitude when it comes to playing football, especially for a rookie. He's not uh someone that is scared to kind of let it go. He's not he's not seemingly timid. I think Shanahan or someone said like that he called a timeout on his own. You know, what rookie or what player is calling a timeout in Shanahan's offense. You know, like that's just it's you know it's like a you know hierarchy thing. But he did it and you know he he had the confidence to do that. So that, that's the general theme: confidence. Uh Moxie, like you said, TP. Um He looked good. Understandably, this was um, a little bit of, uh, you know, action where people weren't expecting him to play, so he could probably play a little bit more freely. Um, But, yeah, they thoroughly um, beat the Miami Dolphins. Um, I was definitely on record um, choosing Miami uh, plus the points, but I think personally uh, I did did choose San Francisco uh, prior to the game. Um, It was just – I don't know. I just had a feeling like this might be the – the role, Um, of course that was with Jimmy Garoppolo once Brock Purdy got announced. I was like, Oh man, I don't, I don't know anymore, but you know, they just handle business. So, um, yeah, San Francisco is still looking like a team to beat. I don't know how good this guy is going to be. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's injury they're saying like he could come back if like the NFC championship game, uh, came around and you know, they had that game. Um, but of course you don't want to count on something like that. Um, man, but Jimmy G can't catch a break. He's always just seemingly getting hurt at the worst times. Um, you know, so uh, that sucks for that guy. But, yeah, um, Brock Purdy's the guy going forward, I think he can probably run the offense effectively. They run the ball a lot in San Francisco, so that opens up uh, the play-action game. Um, it opens up uh, receivers to get separation, things like that. So um, not too much to say. Um, they, they won the game. to a kind of – I believe he got a little banged up in it too. So, um, yeah, not too much to say. Um, had – Miami, but I did switch to 49ers and that ended up working out. It covered the original spread of four and a half.
1: So I, I mean the 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 Brock Purdy kid, you know, they say he he did wonderful things at Iowa State. So, you know, who's to say that he won't end up being mystery relevant, you know, given the position that he's in right now and the opportunity. Um wishing for a speedy recovery for Jimmy Garoppolo, of course. And we were, at least I was definitely hoping that Baker Mayfield was going to get picked up by the San Francisco 49ers to cause that offense to implode. Because wherever Baker Mayfield goes, everything implodes. But I mean, we look at the game from the very beginning. I mean, Trevor, your pick looked good. It only took three plays for, you know, two to find Tret Sheffield for a 75 yard pass, which should have been just a 10 yard, you know, up the scene. But, you know, wheels work 65 yak yards after the fact. So, I mean, Christian McCaffrey banged up after the game as well to attack, tackle over as we were saying quarterbacks getting banged up. I believe it was after that strip sack that led to a score um, <clears throat> for the San Francisco 49ers. He ended up hurting his hand and then Thompson comes in at those interceptions to seal the deal. Um, I kind of want to talk about that Jimmy Ward interception which was, you know, a little bit of an issue with Jeff Wilson kind of stumbling on himself. I don't necessarily think, that was too as far, obviously. Because you see when you see on the play, Jeff Wilson kind of t- him, um tumbles over and then Jimmy War kind of just like jumps over and picks it off. First and 25. I mean, for what it's worth, Miami wasn't necessarily out of that game. And then San Francisco kind of comes away with two field goals. But then they go back down the field, they get a 45-yard touchdown with Tyreek Hill. But then San Francisco's defense just decided to say, no more. We're not dealing this anymore. They decided to lock up. if for what it's worth, Brock Purdy. He was converting on third downs, again, to your point, you know, a rookie quarterback coming in, making his own timeout call, like, hey, we need to fix this play. I mean, shows a lot of moxie, shows a lot of guts. And also, um, to speak on another coach's decision, or, you know, speak on another coach, it's a rarity to see. Um, Mike McDonald, I'm sorry, Mike McDaniel, at one point said that he fucked up, and he admitted that his fault. There in the game, which is very rare to see. So I think that shows a lot of maturity and it shows that he is a player's coach. And I think that's going to go a long way with this Miami Dolphins team. You know, he admitted his fault. You know, you like to see that as opposed to, you know, players getting thrown under the bus, you know, coaches kind of like not taking the blame for certain situations, but he's like, Hey, tap himself on the chest. But it all goes to show that, you know, people are human. They make mistakes. And Nick Bosa named defense play of the week, rightfully so. What do you have? Four QB hits, forced fumble, three sacks, especially a big one on third and one second quarter. Nick Bosa was everywhere. So, the San Francisco team, hopefully, Brock Purdy is not anything close to Jimmy Garoppolo because if so, like I've been saying, the NFC is going to be in some trouble.
2: All right. Let's get into some highlight matchups. We had a Monday night football game, we had the Saints at Tampa. Tampa man, they they made fun. Tom. This is why you can't bet against Tom, man. He makes these late rallies that just make no sense. It's like something was written in the script that you just you just can't make up. TP, how you feel about this late comeback?
1: Tom Brady is the most obnoxious player in the world to me. when <laughs> I be completely honest? There's, he he just he cannot age, and he's robbing the cradle, throwing two late game touchdowns to those two rookies. But I mean, what could we do here? I personally thought that the Saints were going to have his number once again, and for what it's worth, they did have his number up until two minutes left in the game. When they, sorry, they gave the gave him the ball back with two minutes, twenty nine seconds left, and we already know what happens. The same thing with guys like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, in some cases Josh Allen, Joey Burrow. You give these guys the ball with a little bit of time left, and all of a sudden they just turn into it's as if God or Jesus just takes over their body. So. <sighs> I mean, they didn't look good for three quarters, three, 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 and three quarters of quarters. Tampa is Tampa. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Now, do I think that the whoever comes out of the NFC South are going to be much of a threat in the playoffs? Not so much. But we've all learned you can never count out Tom Brady. So, congratulations to Tom. You are five hundred on the season now. Good
2: luck. <laughs> Trev, how do you feel about that comeback?
0: Man, I thought I was watching a movie, um, you know, straight from Hollywood. Um, <laughs>
1: just
0: you just know, I, that's that's what I thought I, was, I watched. Apparently it was, it was ESPN Monday Night Football broadcast. Uh, I wish I was watching the Manning cast. Uh, I might uh, go back and watch to see their reactions initially as it happened because I'm like, dude, there's no way. This is a movie. This is a movie. He's going to walk off the field with it and he did um so yeah that was it was super exciting um at the end especially those last few minutes but man it was looking bad I mean the plays that this team are executing are just like head scratching I understand a lot of things in NFL um offensively are predicated on how well you can run the ball and when you can run the ball like you know like run the ball at will you know like just run the ball when you're up, you know, but to be able to run the ball and get two, three yards, four yards when, when you need to. Um, this team has not continually done that. Um they they just haven't, but they they do these little passes out to the flat, they do these little like halfback screens. Um Brady will uh his guy will get outside the numbers, beat his defender, Brady overthrows him. It's just like these things are just like. He plays like he's not super confident. I don't know if it's his playmakers or he's not confident in his abilities or he just doesn't want to get hit so the timing's a little bit off. Or I, I don't know the pressure. But um, there have been so many times where guys have, you know, broken free and he just overthrows them. Um, And if he's not doing that, he's checking down. And, yeah, they're picking up the yards. But, you know, that's sometimes not the play you need. Um You know, and sometimes the run plays don't generate a lot. So this offense is puzzling. Um, So for them to kind of come back and score at the end like that was miraculous, to say the least. Uh, I did pick them minus the three to win. Um, There was a point in the game where I thought about taking it live um, at like plus six and a half when they had – Tampa Bay scored their first field goal of the game. And I was like, nah, I'm going to leave it alone, you know, because you just never know, you know. It's like one day Tom Brady might just be Tom Brady again and just, you know, maybe casually blow a team out. So um, stay away from that. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Um, I don't know how this team will look when they get into the playoffs. They probably will get into the playoffs. The Panthers don't want to win. They're not serious. Atlanta's like, hey, like we're kind of serious. And then they, they fall back. Um and and the Saints, of course, they're they're not trying to win this year either. Uh so it really just leaves the Falcons. And I don't think the Falcons are really in the business. I think they're trying to get a higher, you know, draft pick. So uh, they'll win, they'll probably win the division unless something catastrophic happens. Um, but I, I just don't see them I don't know. They, they might win a playoff game. It's Tom Brady, he can't count against them
1: but um kind of out But um, yeah, well I mean they they yeah. got the win. If they win a playoff game, we wow, the way it's shaping up, they'll be playing us. And to your point about Tom Brady not looking like himself, the interception that he threw to Demario Davis, Demario's just sitting there. It's just like it's like hitting with a Y button or triangle when you're playing Madden. It's like, oh, user pick. He just like jumped up and snagged. It's like Tom, what are you what are you seeing out there? So
0: it wasn't. He he was not seeing um anything. So um okay. yeah, but yeah, that's a good point. We we would probably be matched up with them, which I think would be a dream matchup. Um, it'd be a little revenge. Um, it, it'd be an opportunity, but for whatever reason, like you know that that's the time they would turn up on us. Like, have that game be a little bit closer than than they want it to be. But um, if, if we get matched up with anybody, I would say that'd be an ideal matchup because it's someone we know. They know us, but you know, I, I think we have a little bit more talent on our roster
1: um at this point in time. So, yeah, yeah, we are two completely teams from two completely different teams from week one. So. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, speaking of the boys, how about we just go ahead and get right on into it? How about them Cowboys, fellas? I mean, we scored enough points in the first half alone to win this game. Matter of fact, we scored enough points in one quarter, in that fourth quarter alone to win this game. How y'all feeling, man?
1: Let me try Um,
2: to do this. Yeah, yeah, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll start with this, and I'll be honest, everyone. I fell asleep in the third quarter prior to the third quarter ending. So when I woke up, the first thing I do is obviously pick up my phone and I see you guys texted me and they're just like, yo, like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, we, we fumbled the game Boy somehow. <laughs> like that was what I was thinking. Cause it wasn't clear what happened from the text. And it's like, the, I like turn on the TV, mind you, it's like 4am or something. So I'm like, you know, like, I like sports center, whatever's on. And then I think I just ended up getting on my phone and looking at the final score and my eyes about came out of my head when I saw 33 points in the fourth quarter. I was just like, bro, what? <laughs> I could not believe that, man. Uh, so I want to start with that. I mean, it was – if you didn't – if you had watched the game to the third quarter, right, and then you see 33 points in the fourth quarter, for one, I didn't think it was us. I was like, oh, man, somehow we fumbled this game away and the Colts put up 33. They're going to talk about this one for a, for a minute. Um, so, one, I was surprised. Um Thirty-three points were scored. It wouldn't have mattered if it was the Colts or us. Um, I'm surprised. And Number two, I was just in complete shock. I'm like, "How did it happen?" Because I didn't see it. I didn't. I didn't see that part. Uh, so I did rewatch the game, and I, I just kind of watched. And I'm like, "Man, like, we we were just kind of like teetering on that line, you know? Like this 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 could have been like a two point win, and to to win like that. Um, what I have to say about that is Matt Ryan is time to hang it up. Um, it's time while the time is called for you, um, and then number two, um, that's what good teams do, man. Uh, the good, the great teams do. They thirty three is a crazy number, but I mean that's what the great teams do. They just they just pulverize an opponent, and that's what we did. I mean, we took opportunities uh, defensively, offensively. We just pulverized an opponent. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that was actually the first game that the. Colts did not cover um since Jeff Saturday was the head coach when they were dogs um the game that um they were favorites of course they didn't cover that one but um they had covered all the games where they had been dogs um with Jeff Saturday as the coach and it looked like the same story for um for three quarters on Sunday night in front of America and um they decided to blow them out so I would have I loved to kind of just observe social media and everything as it was happening um, in real time because I, I feel like that would have been I just comedic uh, gold. But, uh, yeah, go boys, uh, 33 points. Uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, there's so many things to kind of circle back to. Um, I don't think I had any, like, big bets in that particular matchup, um, no player props or anything like that. I just wanted to win, so – uh, wasn't too focused on that um but yeah just just awesome game and on to the Texans next man uh but yeah TP um man how are you feeling there in that game what was it like for you did you fall asleep um I don't think you did because you texted me maybe maybe I don't know but uh yeah what, what were you thinking
1: you know so I was um I was very much awake I actually you know went to go lay down but I was like you know what I'm gonna keep the game on and, well, first let me let me start off by saying that I wish a speedy recovery to Anthony Brown. I know that we have been very critical of him over this season, and you know he's had his ups and downs um, throughout his career. I do wish for a speedy recovery. Someone who has also torn their Achilles, I understand um, the pain and you know the feeling of okay, am I going to be able to recover from this? Obviously, I mean obviously he's going to recover. But like how long is the recovery time? You know what's the severity of it? Things like that. So I want to say speedy recovery to Anthony Brown. I do wish him the best. Now to the, you know, to the game in the Cowboys, we gave up, we gave up two very long drives to this Indianapolis Colts team. who was pretty much irrelevant, like 79 yarder. And then a 90 yard touchdown drive. Um, you know, it was very scary. I was like, okay, what are we doing here in 19 1921? I also want to give props to Deron Bland who also broke up a, broke up the um two point conversion. So we ended up 2119 and that's kind of when all the doors come kind of like broke off the hinges you know, Michael Gallup gets two TDs. Kind of looks like his old self before the ACL injury. C.D. Lamb um, been very critical of him over the season as well. Um, definitely is looking like a number one receiver. You know, the play where he very heads up play, bouncing off the Colts player on the ground. It's like, "Hey, I'm not down. I'm going to take this straight to the end zone." And really, in pivotal spots, he's catching the ball. Dak's able to find him. Also with Michael Gallup trailing across. Um, on his TD, on his TD grab. You know, Michael Gallup had the wear and thaw to not necessarily rush to the spot, kind of slow down, you know, find the spot that Dak needed him to be in for the touchdown pass. So, but I kind of want to give some props to some guys who we haven't really spoken about on this podcast. Um, Odigi Zua getting a sack really been effective for us on our defensive line. Um, Dorrance Armstrong, you know, for. For the previous couple of years, we've kind of been big on Randy Gregory, even though he's had some off the field issues, getting high, you know, didn't really have those issues anymore. But all of a sudden, you know, we're looking at him going to Denver, all of a sudden we're like, okay, how are we going to replace this prominent player? Cause I mean, for what it's worth, Randy Gregory, great off the line, getting to the quarterback, but Dorrance Armstrong, really come on this team really doing his thing, really getting to the quarterback pressuring, you know, containing the sides and really giving us opportunities to get, to the running back, get to the quarterback on the inside, you know, the defensive tackles getting involved, kind of containing all these rushes. Jonathan Taylor, for what it's worth, did not really get too busy. And I also want to speak about the new signing, Jonathan Hankins, who on a pivotal, I believe, third down, was able to stop Jonathan Taylor on short yard yard, yard situation, kind of forcing Indianapolis, I do believe, to punt the ball or kick a field goal. So there's just, you know, different guys that are really effective. And the rookies showed out. Sam Williams fumble recovery, Deron Bland, of course, getting two interceptions. Damon Clark, Damon Clark, Damon Clark, forcing that fumble. I mean, that guy, he is moving and grooving. His um, you know, the amount of plays that he's playing per game, they're obviously just going up and up. I'm looking forward to see how he's maturing. And we are going to have to throw Kelvin Joseph into the fire. This is a great time to test him because the Texans doesn't have too many big names that he's gonna have to line up against we're obviously going to have him on the outside. He's going to be our Q, um, our cornerback number two. So let's see what he can do. You know what I mean? Like, at this point, it's either going to be feast or famine with him. So, you know, he gave up a touchdown, didn't really get his head around, to see the ball, which is a big issue. Now, we've said it before on this podcast. He kind, of, he kind of has an issue trying to locate the ball. So hopefully he's been in practice getting a lot more reps. Maybe his mind state will change. You know, maybe he'll mature quickly. Because we're going to need him now with Anthony Brown, you know, down with the ACL, I mean, the um, Achilles injury. So, also, fun fact, Tony Pollard, five touchdowns on this season of 30 yards or more, running back room, all got involved, got into the end zone. Zigelli got a touchdown. Malik Davis got a touchdown. I think that's his name. What is that?
2: Is that his name, Malik Davis? Yeah, yeah, I, and, yeah. I, and, and I just want to shout him out on that 23-yard touchdown run. You, you, you talk about us shouting out new Cowboys, man. We got to bring him up, too. That three-headed attack is looking strong. Yeah, I think he, he's averaging he's strong.
1: when he's when he's on the field. So
2: He averaged 9.7 this past week, so yeah, he's see, looking strong. strong.
1: So, I mean, across the board, our offense, you know, Dak coming back, we're number one scoring offense. And, I mean, at this point we're averaging close to 40 points a game. Obviously, that's – I don't want to say it's a bit of an anomaly, but that is
2: quite high for
1: what it's worth. So, you know what I mean?
0: I was, I there's one thing I don't like when I hear about that headline. They keep saying we're averaging as an offense 40 points per game. Well, that's not entirely true because our defense, you know, um, is is setting us up. You know, it's it's a little bit misleading, in my opinion. You know,
1: one thousand percent, one thousand percent.
0: Yeah, and when when people always say that, I'm just like, well, no, Dak Prescott and Zeke and C D and, um, and Paul, like they're not putting up. You know, that's not all of them. I mean, um, it's like the defense, you know, securing the ball and kind of putting us in position. And because I think one, a lot of the analysts are talking about how do we only generate. Um, I think total yards it was like uh, between three and four hundred. Um, you know, but we put up uh, fifty three points. You yeah, know, so Dak,
2: Dak didn't even pass for two hundred yards. We exactly, exactly,
1: points, exactly. No, this is yeah. I was, you know, was say to your point, Dak. To you both of y'all's point, Dak looked pretty mortal this this game. He had a really ugly interception again. We can also attribute it to the receiver running sloppy routes, which is something that we are going to have to clean up when the playoffs come about because CD does have a tendency to run a little a lazy route. He won't sharpen it, and then you end up throwing intercepts across the middle of the field, which I've personally been on record saying I hate when Dak throws the middle the field because it always looks like it's going to get picked off. I just it, It's like a nightmare to me. That but was still
0: Stephon Gilmore, though, bro. You got to put some respect on that, man. No, name. no, no,
1: for sure, for sure. Yeah. I literally – I was like – it was like the first quarter, and I, they were doing the announcements for the players. I was like, Stephon – I was like, fuck, I forgot about Stephon. <laughs> so, literally said out loud, loud like, scream. I was like, fuck. So, Yeah. So, but no, I to your in one thousand percent. This defense is playing lights out. Um, you know, we've had great defense in the past. Um, this defense just feels really mature, and it's exciting to see what may or you know what may happen in this playoff run. You know, I'm not again not going to get ahead of myself. I just want to go game to game at this point of the season. Very game to game. Also, I think it's it's worth discussing. That we are, I do believe, we're going to be passing on OBJ. He is, I don't think, healthy enough for the Cowboys to sign him. They said that he won't be able to play for five more weeks. But, I mean.
2: I don't I, know. I got I, I, I got think, something. I still I got, think we're getting him.
0: I don't think so, man. I mean, I can see both angles. But I, I see the angle where we don't get him a bit more. It's a, more. it's a little more clear to me. So, OBJ went to go visit the Giants first. He went to visit with the Buffalo Bills. They went to go visit with the Dallas Cowboys, and, I mean, man, they, they seem like they just seem to put this whole, like, red carpet thing out. You see them at a Mavs game with uh, with some teammates, uh, you know, some Cowboys. Uh, you see Michael Parsons out there. You see Trevon Diggs, um, you know, sitting courtside. Um, you keep hearing all these news, like, oh, we want Odell. You know, we know what he can do. And it's just like, oh, we love him. We love him. And then um, – all this medical stuff kind of leaks out, you know, and I'm, I'm saying leak just very like generously um, because I mean, they, they just threw it out there to be honest. Um, and it was just all types of stuff about, um, you know, he's not ready. He can't help us this year. Um, you know, he's several weeks away if, if at the very least. And I'm just like, dude, none of this information came out when he go- went to see the two teams in New York, like none of this information was out. So it just leads me to think I'm just like, man, like, um, that's odd that the Cowboys, you know, somehow put that information out there. So um, just kind of reading, like, some reports from, you know, people that are in tune with that team, just from social media and stuff, um, it sounds like an angle that could be used to, like, hey, we still want Odell, is that um, putting this information out there, it could be used to drive down his price. I don't know what his price is, but he's probably not ready, and the price is probably not what – you know um what he wants you know what the cow was offering if if they are offering anything at this point in time so it's probably a combination of those two and because you're putting information out there that he's not ready this and that i mean hopefully publicly maybe that drives the price down i have no idea um it's an interesting tactic um because you could have told him this to his face and I, i'm sure he knows all this information but um it's interesting that it's out there in the public. And then none of this information came out when he met with the Giants and the Bills. And so um, that's why I think that Dallas may not sign him. It's almost like a built-in excuse. Like, hey, you know, this this dude is, you know, to the fan base and, and people like that who are just like, oh, yeah, I see that point of view, you know. And I could see that being a reason we don't, um, we do not sign Odell. Um, man, I, I think this is just a weird team when it comes to free agents, um, especially at this point in the season. I'm sure Jerry Jones, you know, uh, believes that we have everything we need in house. You know, why do we need to go out and get somebody that um, it, that we didn't draft, you know, or whatever? So that's that's what I think right now.
2: Well, well, you know, I will say this. The Cowboys, for the first time since 94, are leading in best point differential through the through 13 weeks. So we're doing the thing. We are doing the thing. Well, we've babbled enough about our boys. Let's get on to some some real action here. We got the Thursday night football game. Why Why we're really here for everybody. We have the five and seven Raiders at the three and nine Rams. The Las Vegas Raiders travel about six hours and almost 400 miles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. On a three-game win streak, the Raiders roll into L.A., looking to build on their recent success against a team that has now lost six straight games. The Rams picked up Baker this week on the waiver, but I still believe Warford, I believe that's how you say his name, will get the start, who has already thrown as many interceptions as Cam Akers has touchdowns on the year. Jared Carr is 4-3 and straight up and 3-4 and against the spread on Thursday nights. And some quick stats. The Raiders are 0 and 5 against the spread and 1 and 4 straight up in their last five meetings against the Rams. The Raiders are 2 and 6 straight up in their last eight road games. The Rams are 1 and 4 straight up in their last five home games, and the Rams are 3 10 and 1 against the spread in their last 14 games overall. TP, roll me in with some more stats.
1: I wonder if Corey Gamble was there when the Rams decided to sign Baker Mayfield too. I'm going to find out who that dude is, but I'll get to that another time. <laughs> um speaking of baker mayfield you know what i mean he's in la now he's with the rams that's not what i really wish for from santa claus i was hoping that he would end up in san francisco but here we are um just to note Devontae adams is having an all pro season that cannot be denied and the raiders are winners of three straight electric games the rams not so much they have lost five straight they have nothing really much to play for in wolford yes uh, that that is correct, Hefe, You would pronounce his name correctly. Um, you know, Hobbs made a triumph for return. Sorry, Nate Hobbs made a triumph for return for the Raiders. Cornerback the had eight tackles and a forced fumble, so he'll be looking to play. You know, have his hands on this game as well as you know, Quarterbacks are not going to be as talented as they say. Matt Stafford, uh, Josh Jacobs also went for one forty four last week and is going up against a defense that is not going to be too stout unless Aaron Donald decides to play as well. I mean, this Rams offense is pretty God awful ranked 31st. So I do expect the Raiders defense to just really move them around, but I am excited to see spicy, zesty Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. Hopefully we'll get some sort of entertainment out of that game. If we get zesty Jalen Ramsey, you never know. You know, he might shut down. He might shut down Devontae Adams. Yeah. But that's what we need. We need Zest. We need all Zest, like these lemon purple wings I have right next to me. Straight zest, straight flavor. Gotta get real physical with Devontae Adams. But I do expect the, the Las Vegas Raiders to win this game 1000 percent There's there's ultimately no way that the Raiders choke this away. Or maybe there is because Vegas is Vegas.
2: Depending on how much money's on the line. <laughs> Speaking of money on the line, Trev, you got any bets for us to punch in this week?
0: Yeah, yeah, TP. I, I kind of want to counter that a little and just kind of say, like, I, I think there's a lot of reasons the Raiders could lose because we've <laughs> so we seen don't. it happen. I mean, they they lost to the Saints. Like, they scored zero points, <laughs> uh, like 24-0. So I think definitely anything can happen with this team. Um, So the Las Vegas Raiders, they're not out of the – playoff pitcher just yet. I think they are one game behind the L.A. Chargers at this point in time, so they they can still do it. Uh, the Chargers just lost to the Raiders um, on last Sunday, so there's still opportunity, a lot of opportunity for them to um, um, make that playoff push as a wild card team, um, but what do I think about this game? So, you had uh, Wolf Ford, uh, Wolfford, I think that's how you say his name, who started for the Rams uh, last Sunday, and um, when they played the uh Seattle Seahawks final score 27 23. Uh the opening spread was six and a half. Um everyone was seemingly on the Seattle Seahawks that they'd win the game, um, including myself. Um they did win the game of course, but uh they did not cover that seven point spread. Uh I think folks were just, you know, like, oh, the Rams are laying down. And more or less they were, but I mean they're they're just getting guys out there and just they're playing football games <laughs> at the end of the day. Um anyone can win. Um, so this is the Rams second game at home with, uh, their new starting quarterback, um, Baker Mayfield. Uh, yes, he did just join the Rams, uh, but, um, I, I don't believe he's starting or at least I haven't heard anything about that. Um, I look for the Rams here to cover again. Um, it's their second game, uh, albeit it's in a few days, but it's their second game at the house with the new starting quarterback in a situation where, uh, people do not expect them to cover at all. Um, I mean, 6.5 is a lot of points, especially for a Raiders team that um, that is uh, has underperformed in, a, in various spots this year. When you expect them to win, they don't win. Um, when they're dogs, sometimes, you know, they win. So I don't particularly care for them here as uh, as favorites. I understand it looks uh, tempting, minus 6.5. That, that's a lot of points. I don't think the Raiders have laid this many points all year. Um, at least I can't recall right now uh so it's way way too many points um i think the cornerback and a uh, receiver uh, oh, that could be a good fight i think they'll definitely try to highlight on that um for shorter in this uh this game but i see it as a game where vegas like squeaks by like they might score first they might score second and uh the rams somehow find a way to get back into it so um the only way i can look is the rams in this game uh no play on the total uh, at all. I mean, just this past Sunday, I mean, the game went up to uh, it was 27 23. So, I think that's a little bit more points than what the total was set at. But, uh, yeah, I, c- I can't look any other direction except for the uh, for the home team. So, no other no other pops or anything like that. I'll leave those alone.
2: All right, well, y'all can join Trouble Babble this Sunday as we recap this Thursday night action. Uh, from the Raiders at the Rams. And we get into some divisional matchups this this week as the Jets travel to Buffalo, the Browns travel to Cincinnati, the Vikings travel to Detroit, the Jags travel to Tennessee, Philly travels to the Giants, the Ravens travel to Pittsburgh, all in the 1 p.m. hour. And we can't forget you down there in the 4 p.m. hour as the Chiefs travel to Denver. And of course, we'll get some primetime matchups for Miami and the Chargers on Sunday night football and the Patriots versus the Cardinals on Monday night this week. We will also have six teams on a bye this week in the Falcons, Bears, Packers, Saints, Commanders, and Colts. Until then, I'll see y'all this Sunday. And I can't wait for the Battle of Texas to talk that one out with my fellas, my dogs. Until then, El Jefe is out.
1: Um, two things. Prayers also to Bob Miller, who is going to be out for the season with the ACL tear. So also, prayers the speedy recovery for him. Um before I go, somebody's got to get Lashawn McCoy off fucking TV. He's god awful as of nose As an um, analyst, he is just terrible. Get him off my TV. TP's out.
0: Yeah, I want to touch on Lashawn McCoy real quick and his performance. Um, yeah, this dude is up here just—he's trying too hard to be like you know to have an edge or to pick a guy and just, like, go against them. I mean, when I watch this dude on, like, his co-hosts are just looking at him like, I don't know about that man. Like, like when he was talking about Dak Prescott um, a couple weeks ago. Um, But that's – we can continue that conversation at a later date uh, on another episode. But for now, uh, this is Trev. um, This is Triple Babble Podcast, and we will be back on Sunday uh, recapping Thursday night football and looking ahead to the Sunday as well as Monday night football game. So until then, we will catch you um in the next episode. So this is uh, Trav and Triple Babel signing out.